Hi, everyone. Today, I am so excited to have Erica Miley on my podcast. Erica Miley is a licensed mental and sexual health therapist. She is the host of the Sex Talk with Erica Miley podcast, owner of the Center for Mental and Sexual Health, and a PhD candidate. Mm. Erica, thank you for being here. I'm so excited to talk to a sex therapist. Oh, I'm honored to be here and thank you for having me and I might have to hustle my cat out because he <laughs> um he thinks he's in charge but I, let's be completely honest he is I this is true my dog is over here at some point <laughs> I'm actually expecting him to bark at some point <laughs> we're in bedrooms this yeah we're at that's home. right like this, this is the world this is this is our lives now <laughs> absolutely so with the work you do you are aware of how important talking about sex and how sex links with emotions and how what's going on in our day-to-day life shows up in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. I personally think anyone, especially if you are getting into a long-term intimate relationship, I'm like, this should be like 101 because a a lot of times it's not taught by our parents Mm. and a lot like, what are we doing? And for me, a lot of things have popped up personally where I I felt like kind of on my own, like, okay. And I had to seek it out to learn as I'm going. And I'm just thinking, gosh, this would have been a lot easier (laughs) if I had some counseling ahead of time. So the work you do, I think is just so important for people to dive into and to know about. I appreciate that. Um, it definitely, there's no doubt that, uh, I, my life and job are very interesting and I'm never bored. There's that, but also like I, I do get as a professional who talks about this all the time, I get frustrated just with our kind of the, the way that our healthcare system is set up in general, because again, like I, I say again, as if your audience has heard this before, I say this probably almost every day in my practice <laughs> that uh, how can you build trust with a clinician, whether it's a behavioral health person like myself or somebody who's like an MD, who's your primary care doctor, who you might want to be able to ask physical questions or scary questions. How do you build a relationship with someone like that if you can only see them for 15 minutes because the insurance company is dictating like what you can and can't do. Mm. So I, I think what you're talking about like that when you don't have the information and that that information is gatekept by a system that is absolutely shouldn't be for profit, like that lack of knowledge is fundamentally not your fault, nor is it any of your listeners fault. And so I think that's a good place to start is that our lack of knowledge around an education around sex is, is so much because we didn't get it. We didn't get access to it from the time we were young. And there's still a, in the, in the United States, there's this debate about like who should be the t- doing the teaching right? But that debate is, I think we're all starting to see, especially with the access to the internet, that debate has essentially intentionally kept us uneducated. Do you know of other countries who do this well? Yes. Uh, I mean, the Nordic countries in general do a lot of things as far as systems that provide for their people. 
you know, I don't want to, it's hard to compare a completely different system of government and culture to the United States, right? Like, but we do these comparisons a lot. We do them a lot to try to make sense of them. But as far as when it comes to systems, like systems that care for people, many of the Nordic countries do this better. And education is one that they do better. They start sex and body education. It's all together. It's not something that they've segmented off to only middle school. It is something that you begin very early in your education, around four or five years old, and it's associated with where you are in your physical development. So you're learning as a young one about your body and the, your body parts and, and how they work, how they operate at the most basic level from the time you're tiny. And then that education moves up year by year based on where you are developmentally. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> It does make a ton of sense. I think when people hear about sex education that's comprehensive, they think, oh, we're going to teach five-year-olds to masturbate. That's not what this is. (laughs) (laughs) Know that they learn the proper words for their genitals because something we do know, especially from research about sexual assault, is that the people who know the least about their bodies make them the most open to be harmed. Mm. Oh my gosh. And that includes children because children can't describe to other people what has happened to them unless they have the words. Well, with what we do have right now in the U S with parents, like how is, how important is it then that parents try to have these conversations with kids? Like, do you think, Obviously, some people are better and more eloquent at presenting information like this than others. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm assuming like it would be helpful if more parents were aware, like this is a healthy thing to talk to, to your kids. I, I just feel like there's a lot of shame around. It's like, like with my parents, when I asked them, they didn't even want to, they giggled and they said, go ask your teacher. You know, yeah. So there's just like yeah. a natural shame. And so now, yeah. even at my age, if I'm watching a movie with my parents and a sex scene comes on, I'm actually, I still get that little kid feeling like and I'm not like, comfortable. They're going to pause it and tell me to leave. <laughs> <This is awkward. laughs> so what, what do you think is a simple thing that parents should be aware of, or maybe can kind of open up that to make it feel a little more open and safe for kids to talk about? I actually don't lay this at the feet of parents as far as blame goes, because again, if educated, if, if they had the education, I do believe a majority of parents want to give their kids whatever tools they can. Most of the time when I am talking to parents though, they're so worried they're going to break their kid. They're so worried that they're going to do it wrong and scar them for life. And so I tell them to kind of embrace that feeling of scared, like, and actually say to your kiddo, Hey, I, my parents waited a long time and didn't give me a lot of this information. So it's actually kind of new for me to talk about. So sometimes I might be a little scared. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. And the kid will go, yeah, (laughs) yeah. that makes a ton of sense to me. Kids get 
we don't start like stifling our emotions until we get older. Like kids, especially young ones get it. When you, when you key it into a feeling, they're like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. yes, I totally understand that because kids just, they haven't gotten those gates that we get later that say, oh, don't feel that. Don't do that. Don't say that. So when you look at them and say, Hey, I'm scared about a thing. They go, they want to help, but they want to, they want to sit with you in that. And then you're modeling for them that it's okay for them to tell you when they're scared to talk to you about something. You're just opening the door. That's all you're doing. And so with parents, I, I tell them like, Hey, if you, if you're, if you're really worried about what the words are, what the education needs to be, I actually teach parents a lot and I have, I have other colleagues who actually offer like courses to adults who are trying to teach their own kids. But the th- I, I give parents pretty basic three instructions. One, like I just told you, being authentic about how you feel while you're trying to tell them this to meet them where they are, let them ask you questions and you do not have to give them sex one Oh one with the first questions. You just don't. If they ask you about their genitals, tell them, yeah, that's our, our genitals are used for peeing and other interesting things. Let them lead you. They may not even be asking about sex yet. They may be saying, oh, it's just interesting when I touch my genitals because it is all of our nerve endings start developing there. When we're in utero, we actually start touching our genitals in utero. It's not like like masturbation as like a middle schooler or a teenager and adult it is because that's where nerve endings are and we've been given this gift of being able to regulate emotions by touching places that are high in nerve endings whether that's your genitals or other parts in your body that get you to essentially like be able to regulate big, big emotions. I, I know that that's kind of a stretch. Sorry. My husband is walking in. <laughs> no, <wait. laughs> it's real life, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and the cat, and cat, cat husband. <laughs> no, I really love how you're talking about it because, <clears throat> excuse me. I bless you. Um, I got body work done once and it didn't occur mm. to me until uh, he said, he's like, you know, normally when we're talking about our private regions, it's usually either sexual or medical. Yep. It's not just yes. like, like elbow, you know, or there's yes. just like, it's sexual or medical, but it should be normalized as elbow yes. vagina. It's just a thing. It's not like a regular thing, not a thing. Yes. <laughs> it's the, it's something that's part of you and it is part of you and it has its different role your elbow has a role. And the, I think we, we'd want to as humans, like try to make it as simple as an elbow, but it's also okay to acknowledge that this part of our body does multiple things. So sometimes it can be hard to tell like, Oh, if I don't know the difference between the opening of my vagina and the urethra, why would I be able to communicate to a doctor like that there was something wrong with either one of those things. Like that's good information to know. We do. We need to understand (laughs) it. And the other part that I run into again and again, not only with parents, but adults. And uh, I do work with teenagers as well, that 
they, they assume that because they don't know it, they should feel bad. That is that other shame part that you've already talked about. But there's the other part of it, which is that your body is going to change until you die. We get a very, very narrow version. If you do get any kind of sex education, you get a narrow version of what our bodies do and how they change throughout our development. I can't tell you how many women I have worked with who had no idea how much their bodies would change after they had children or how much their bodies would change as the closer they get to perimenopause that they weren't in perimenopause yet, but that the lubrication in their vagina would change completely, that the sensation of their clitoris would become different or them just trying to understand how their hormones were interacting with their development. Nobody told me, I don't know about you, when I was uh, in sex ed, they told me about puberty and parts and maybe tried to scare me with a childbirth video and then herpes. That's what the other thing they tried to scare you with or you know, terrible pictures of STDs. Jeez. Oh, Pete. I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. You're going to die. Right. Like the the, uh, mean girls gave us that perfect example of what sex ed has been like for so many of us. (laughs) But the reality is that it doesn't end with puberty that in your twenties, your body is going to be what it is. Then in your 30s, your body's going to be what it is. Your 40s, your 50s, your 60s. And and people with penises, no different. Their hormones grow and change and move throughout their development. Their genitals change throughout their development. It's this fundamental lack of understanding and disconnection with our bodies that is, I, I feel like, a sad state of affairs, especially here in the United States. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you've enjoyed the show, please give it five stars and write a review. It helps my rankings and I really, really appreciate it. And if you're interested in my book to read or gift to a friend, it's called Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women, and it's available on Amazon. Have a great day.